We start a new series today called The In Crowd, where we're going to step in to stand out. We're going to talk about a little bit of that um, today and what that means. You know, as a kid, I always wanted to stand out. I don't know what, what it was in me. Uh, so I did really silly things like I remember when I went to the hair product store and I bought stripper for your hair. And so I stripped all the color out of my hair and it was just bleached white. And that I just figured that was a good time to also dye it blue. So I had like Smurf blue hair. And, and then at one point I did that and I had red hair. And uh, I would show up and I stood out, but it really no bit of significance in doing that really at all, except it served me. And what we're going to talk about in this series is that you were designed to stand out significantly, but it's not going to come from anything you can do in and of yourself. And it's not for you, but you were created for significance. And I want you to know that. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, We're going to start today in uh, John, uh, Chapter 17, I love John as a writer. John wrote in a very poetic uh, nature. And so what I mean by that is if you were to read the book of John in the Bible, um, and you were to read it in the original Greek, and you knew Greek, it would feel very poetic to you. So he wrote in layers. On the surface, you would be reading, and you would say, okay, he's saying this. But there's these layers to what he was saying because of kind of this poetic nature of his writing. And so I love him as a writer. What he really wanted to do was establish a couple themes in our life as Christians. Number one, that we needed to have a life in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That there's nothing in life that we can do to account for um, the death of sin. And that we needed Jesus. And John wanted to present Jesus as the center of that. And so, um, as we read in chapter 17, uh, to give you and I some context of what's happening, is Jesus at this point in this book of John, as it's related historically, he's getting ready to go to the cross. He's going he's to um, go to in what we call the crucifixion. We're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ died and rose again, Resurrection Sunday, we call Easter in American culture. Um, but really what we're celebrating is the fact that he resurrected from the dead. And so we're going to celebrate that in a handful of weeks coming up. And this is in the historical account of Jesus' life. He's getting ready. He's, he's leaning into this moment. He's been talking a lot to his disciples. He's been trying to explain to them that what he's doing in, in his life of ministry, quote-unquote, what he's going to do for humanity, he's establishing, really reestablishing the kingdom of heaven because uh, Satan has taken through sin, has taken this temporary rule over earthly environments, okay? But the disciples, I, 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 can, uh, I can relate to them in the sense that sometimes in our humanity, we just, we go, uh-huh, but we don't quite get it. Have you ever had an uh-huh, but I don't quite get it moment? So the disciples, this is Jesus, he's had a lot of those moments with these guys. So one of the things they go, uh-huh, but they don't quite get, is that Jesus is going to establish his kingdom, but it's not an earthly kingdom that is going to help them escape from the kingdom of Roman culture and Roman Empire. This is going to be a key part of what we're going to talk about today. That it's not, he, what he's not doing is giving, he's not giving the disciples an escape route to run away from the world that they live in. And so in chapter 17, Jesus tells, right before this, Jesus is telling them, you're going to get some help. You're going to get this guy, this, this person of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a helper to you. And you're going to need help because things are going to get tough. He didn't say if things get tough. He said when it gets tough. Okay, any of you relate? Has life ever gotten tough on you? Okay, life, life, life gets tough. Okay? And so chapter 17 is Jesus' prayer for the disciples. And it's also his prayer For every single person that reads this, who is a follower of Jesus for the rest of eternity. So that's you potentially and me. 
If you say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, this is for you. Here's what I love about John. If you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're desperate and you're looking for something, you're going to hear about the person of Jesus today. And this is for you. This is what Jesus' prayer, we're jumping in 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 verse 13. He says, now I am coming to you. Uh, I, being Jesus, coming to you, the Father, because he's praying to the Father. Um, He says, now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. Who, who, Who are them? The disciples, okay? And and by default, he's also telling you and I, okay? I, I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Verse 15, I'm not asking you to take them out of this world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is the truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them. That's you and me. That's the disciples he was praying for. And that's you and me today in 2023. I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them. So they can be made holy by your truth. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who, were, who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, Father. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. So today we're going to focus on two truths that we have to step into in order to significantly stand out. And I believe that each one of us, buried in our heart, we long for significance. We long for significance. We long to be known and be seen. And we're going to talk about these two truths today, how we're going to stand out with significance in the crowd of humanity. Have you ever felt like life gets crowded? Life's crowded. We have, we have more people alive today on the planet Earth than ever in the history of mankind. But yet we can feel completely alone and isolated. And, and my prayer this morning is, is that we see that broken. You're not alone. You're significant. You're seen. You're known. But also, we need to step into the world that Jesus has saved us from, truth number one. But in order to do that, we have to step into the life that only Christ can give us. Would you join me this morning as we pray? Father, I pray this morning and I ask that the power of your spirit would open our ears, soften our hearts, and keep our hearts uh, richly ripe and ready to hear. Not just hear, but have the seeds of what it is that you want to give us today buried deep into the landscape of our hearts, that they would be able to take root and that there would be something that would be grown, that would be eternal, that would be transformational. And so, God, we welcome you here today. We say thank you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen and amen. Number one, we need to step into the world Jesus saves us from. So I, I want to lay some groundwork for this idea of the in crowd, step in to stand out. We always want to stand out. And part of the things that I think that happens in faith is, is we we go, man, we say yes to Jesus. We get our get out of hell free card. Okay? And we, we, we then take the spiritual sofa seat. Okay? And we go, I got my, I got my ticket to heaven. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down and I'm going to ride this journey out. And the world, and we, and, and, and we kind of, and we start prefacing like, you know, God, the world is just going to hell in a handbasket. It's just terrible. That world is just, you know, just, we're waiting for Jesus to come back. And we need to understand that we were saved from the sin and death, the guilt and the shame 
of this world, but we were sent back into it. So this word, when we read in John 17, 18, he says, just as you sent me into the world. This is Jesus talking to the Father. Father, just as you sent me into the world. He goes, I'm sending them into the world. Let me talk about what the word send means. It doesn't mean that I'm I'm just kind of, I've been sent into, you know, the uh, environment of earth to kind of just mosey around with no real intention, but I'm just, I'm there. I've, I've been sent, so I'm, I'm there. I have no purpose, but I'm there. This word sent, it's, it's apostolos. It's the word we get apostle from. It's where we get apostolic. So the idea is this, that an apostle in biblical times, by the way, the word apostle wasn't a biblical term. It's a biblical term to you and I because we read it in the Bible, biblical term. But culturally, this was not a term. When Jesus used the word apostolos, it was taken actually from Roman government. That the Roman government, in order to spread its empire and its culture, it would take and it would say, we needed someone who was an apostle, who we would send to a land that we were conquering and were bringing under Roman culture. And the apostle would live in that space and help bring about Roman culture in this different culture. So the person was sent with an intention to a specific people in a specific location. This is who you are when you say yes to Jesus. There's an apostolic hand on you. I'm not saying you're one of the original apostles. I'm saying you were apostolic according to the fact that Jesus was sent for a purpose, for a people, to a place, and he is sending you and I. We say yes to Jesus. We are sent back into the world he saved us from. For what? For a specific people with an intention to a specific place. It was, we don't say yes to Jesus to then go, I can't wait till the day he comes back. Let me define for you world, this idea of world. Like, what is the world? You're talking about earth? So the Greek is interesting. Yes, the earth. But more specifically, when he says, I'm sending you back into the world. He's sending me back into the world. He's reviving us, and he's sending us back into this. It's to the midst of an invasion of evils coming into existence among men and beginning to exert their power. It's in sin and death among men. It also means that he's sending us back into the world. What is the world? It's the order of things. It's the social, the political, and the spiritual structures that are governing the way life is. This is the tension that we feel. We live in the world. What what do I mean by that? You know that tension and that pressure you feel that just seems to be at war against humanity? Well, the, the picture I'm painting is there's a darkness to this world. We don't need to Google too many stories to find out or to, to just agree, no matter where we come from. Doesn't matter what your language, doesn't matter what country, doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter what you drive, it doesn't matter what you do for work, doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter. We all, I hope we can agree. I'm really stepping out on a limb here. We can agree with this statement the world is dark. We have the web, and then we have the dark web. The world is dark. Why? Because it's under the influence, temporarily, and rulership of Satan. In 1 John 5.18, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. I could just preach a sermon on that. For God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. It's, it, it, it's, it's Jesus, at about the age of 30, he goes and gets baptized. And right after he's baptized, he's taken into the wilderness, is what the Bible tells us. This historical account of Jesus' life, the beginning of his quote-unquote ministry, 
at, at around the age of 30. He's taken into the wilderness after baptism. And he's tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And one of the things that the devil says to him, he takes him up to a high place and he says, if you just do what I'm asking, Jesus, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. We have to understand that because of Genesis 3, when sin entered the picture, that we are under temporary rule in this world, and it's dark. Why? Because the enemy has cast a shadow of darkness over it. And it's full of a lot of things that are hurtful and harmful and create pain and tensions that you and I were never created for. This is the reality. So the world Jesus stepped into that he saved us from and he's sending you and I back into is dark. And darkness needs light. So John 12, 46, this is Jesus speaking. This is just before John 17. He goes, I have come as the light to shine in this dark world. He just, he's just telling him, I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. So he steps into humanity as a human. He steps into our humanity as a human to save and send humans back into humanity as bright lights in a world that's dark. Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. I have a problem with this. I'm just going to be vulnerable, okay? So just... I complain and argue to God. I, I wish I could tell you that I never do, but I do. Sometimes I'm like, God, yeah, this is a good idea. God, I'm with you. And then, and then like sometimes five minutes later, sometimes five days later, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, God, if you should just let me take care of this. He's like, you taking care of it is what got us here. You... I'm like, God, well, you told me to go back. <laughs> you sent me back. <laughs> You're the one who did it. We like to argue, like, can anyone relate? We like to argue with God. He says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. And what, what, is, <laughs> what is said here? Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. This is our mandate. My mandate, when I say yes to Jesus, is to say, you saved me from the world. But Jesus, you, my mandate is you sent me back into the world to do what? Shine bright. So to stand out, if really we want to stand out with significance in our life, we have to be willing to step in. And too often I'm like, man... Thank you, Jesus, but I, <laughs> I'm not stepping in. I ain't doing that. Right? Like, have you seen, have you seen that person? Do you know why? You know, you, know what they, you know how they ended up in that position? <laughs> they need to learn a lesson before they come talk to me about Jesus. I love in Matthew 5. Jesus says to the church, to you and I, he says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Let, well, let me stop for a second. Everyone in the house. What's the house here? The world. Who is everyone? Can you just turn to your neighbor and say, Everyone. But let me break this down for you. Jesus stepped in as a human into your and my humanity with zero prerequisites or tests that we had to pass before he stepped into our humanity. You know, one of the things that I learned uh, four and a half months ago, when I woke up in a hospital after a traumatic accident, I'm not going to get into the details if you're new, I got hurt. And I woke up, 
and I'm shocked by the fact that the people, I'm in St. George, Utah, not my people, for multiple reasons, <laughs> not my people. But these people, they rocked me by stepping in to my humanity as humans. Loving my wife and my seven children, my granddaughter, my son-in-laws, while I'm laying in critical condition in a bed. These people just stepped in, willing to be human in my humanity, but they didn't give me like a religion test. They didn't give me like, are you married to the right person test. They didn't say, let me check your credit. How's your FICA score doing? Let me, ask you, let me ask you some questions so I can clarify maybe why you ended up in the situation you're in. And if it's a good enough answer, I'm willing to step in as a human in your humanity. Jesus didn't do that to you. He didn't do it to me. But we have a problem. Can I, I just want to say real quickly, I'm not saying, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I'm not throwing the church under the bus, but I think we, get, we have to be willing to just admit where we get, we get off a little bit, okay? We're imperfect people. I'm imperfect. I know you're perfect, but I'm imperfect. And here's what happens, I think, sometimes in church globally. We have a, we have a pre-qualification process for how we're willing to assert our humanity and other people's humanity. And Jesus never did that with me or you. While we were yet still sinners, it says. Like, while I'm failing at my most grand moments, he's like, you know, it seems pretty dark right now. Probably a good time to bring some light. So what makes me think in my humanity that I need someone to be shining bright before I step in? and shine bright with Jesus in their life. The sign of darkness, like the more, can I be real? The more messed up you are, you actually move up on the list on who's qualified to walk in the doors at the Movement Church, man. You're like, uh, you, like I, I haven't, and you're like, Perfect. This is important. We have to be willing to be sent ones back into the world we were saved from. But here's what I know. You don't have what it takes to be that bright light. And neither do I. You're human. We need help. We don't like help. We like to do it on our own. So in order to step in and shine bright in a dark world, let me tell you, like, we need, we need help to be that bright light. So we need to step into a life only Christ can give us. I, in my recovery process of being injured, <clears throat> I have this relationship. I'm going to tell you about this relationship I have. <laughs> I'd like you to meet. <clears throat> I hate this cane. I'm going to have a burning ceremony for this cane. I'm convinced that I don't need this cane. So a couple days ago, I decided that I was going to stop walking with the cane. And uh, I, went, I, I, I had an appointment with my trauma surgeon this week to talk about how my body's doing and some, some future stuff that I'm going to have to do. And he says, let me see you walk. And so I was walking down the hallway. Of course, I didn't have the cane. He was like, you know, she kind of like, you like limp and lean to the right when you walk. 
And I was like, like what, are what are you, a doctor? Yeah, yeah. That was Tuesday morning. Thursday, I'm at my physical therapist. And she goes, oh, no cane. I go, so I was proud. I got, I got up in the waiting room. I was, yeah. I started walking in, and she is walking behind me. And she goes, you, you need your cane. You know, you're walking kind of. I can do it on my own. Therapist up on Friday says the exact same thing. I don't like help. I can do it on my own. Because I'm significant. But let me tell you something. When I realize that I need the help of someone in my life, to help me walk upright the way that I was created to walk. And there's a little bit of confidence that comes from it. And I'm okay. Because if I continue to walk without the cane, what happens is, is that slowly, slowly but surely, my body breaks down. What I'm telling you is, is that do not, do not, please, do not think that walking in a life without Jesus is a sign of strength. Because at the core of me not walking with my cane was, I don't want to look weak. And that's a pride moment. Like, bro, I need some humility. Which, by the way, over three days as I was walking without that cane, I was walking, my body was breaking down, and I ended up, this is what I learned, I do more damage trying to be that on my own. I do more damage to myself in the long run than if I would have just accepted the help of Jesus Christ in my life so that I could walk out what I was supposed to walk out. You know, there's times where I'm like, Jesus, I don't, I'm just being, I'm being honest. Jesus, I need this. I need to do it on my own. And he's so gentle. There's times that I, th- I feel like we, we set Jesus aside. And you're okay at first. But over time, you begin to break down. We don't have what it takes on our own. This is a, it's, it's a humbling existence and understanding that you were, you were literally created for a life in Jesus Christ. And you can walk through life You'll be okay. Some good times, but you'll break down. John 1 8. The author John is writing about John the Baptist, was the guy that baptized Jesus. And he says, John says about John. He says, John himself was not the light. (laughs) I'm not the light. Family, understand something. I'm not the light. I'm not the hero of the story, but neither are you. You're not the light. John the Baptist puts it so. He goes, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, Jesus, 
who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. We're now living in 2023. Jesus is here. He's gone to, he's gone to the cross. He's overcome the death of sin. My name is not the name to be in the lights. We need the name of lights. I, I love in Matthew, it says, and his name will be the hope of the world. My name is not the hope of the world. Your name is not the, but we want to feel, but Pat, I want to feel significant. Like, can I just say behind it is like our, our drive for significance is probably like, I want my name to mean something. Maybe it's just me. I want my name to mean something. But my, my name is not the hope of the world. Jesus' name is the hope of the world. You can't be the light for yourself. Your friends can't be the light for you. Your achievements can't be the light for you. Your possessions can't be the light for you. In 1 John 2.15, he goes, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. <laughs> this is so true. Like, this is so true right here. Verse 16. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. Whatever feels good, man. It offers a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. <clears throat> there, it says, these are not from the Father, but are from this world. Light is not something external that you and I can put on. It has nothing to do with what we wear, the designer brand, what we drive, how much we invest, what we have to invest, how much we earn, what our education is, all of the letters behind our name because of education. Like, there's so much that, yes, I think God has things that he's put in our lives that we should go do, but those in and of, them, of themselves are not the hope of this world, and they're not the light that needs to shine. When I, when I walk through this, when I, when, this conversation that I'm having with you, this is where I land. This is, this is the simplicity of where I land. We need Jesus. That it requires a personal encounter with the person of Jesus. That's what we need. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. But I can do it on my own. I can walk this life out on my own. No. We need Jesus. For some of us, I think we often strive to stand out on our own, and we never quite step in. And this is what I would end with today, Julius, if you and um, Kehau. Come up here. I'm just going to have a couple of the worship leaders join me on, on the platform real quick as I wrap up. This is what I, I um, <clears throat> I feel like there's a, a couple different people in the room. I think there's people in the room that are like, man, I've said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've followed Jesus for your entire life. Could be 50 years. I don't know five years. I don't know what the number is. But you've, you've sidestepped the reality that you, you and I, when we say yes to Jesus, have been sent back into a dark world. We were saved from darkness, but we were sent back in as carriers of the light. From a life in Jesus Christ. And, and then there's people that 
are like, no, I get it, Pat. Like, I've been sent back into the world, but you're trying to do it on your own. You've been saved, you've been sent, but you're, you're striving and you're struggling under your own strategies and trying to be your own light, and it's just, it's not doable. And then some people might be hearing this and they may just say, I'm doing none of that. I, I just, I'm looking for something. I just know that I'm surrounded by just darkness and, and I don't, I've gotten to the end of myself. I don't know what to do. And I'm just telling you, you're looking for something in his name. His name is Jesus. Today, I want to give you an opportunity, no matter where you're at, to respond. Hey, buddy, come join me. I called her buddy. I didn't realize it until after I did it. Kay Howe is one of my daughters, so. <laughs> As affection. Hey, buddy. I felt like uh, um, just as they were worshiping, this last song that we sang, You Are My First Love. And then she just began singing even this part about seeing revival, but what it takes. And I felt like where we needed to land and end today was this, this place right here. I think for us to begin, we have to come to a place of repentance. Repentance just means turning away from the direction I was heading. I was heading that direction. I need to turn. I need to face Jesus. And I need to head toward him. And this is what I want to tell you about repentance. Repentance is not, a lot of people believe repentance is a one-time thing. Or I repented. I gave my life to Jesus. Listen, I'm human. There's days that I go through where I literally am like, I think I spent the day repenting. It's a, it's a rhythm of our faith that I think we should, we should just embrace and be okay with this. Listen, we're going we're gonna to make mistakes. We're going to get it wrong. There's these three areas that I said to me, maybe we've gotten it wrong. And I just want to tell you, this is such a sweet moment. Repentance is so sweet because Jesus, the son of God, there's so much gentleness and so much kindness, so much grace. Pat, you don't understand. Like I didn't just like little mess, mess it up. I all caps, M-E-S-S, -S, <laughs> messed it up. This moment's for G, like Jesus for you. That light and dark, that's for, that's for you. I just want to, I want to encourage you. We're going to spend a moment. What I want you to do is this. I want you to acknowledge and embrace repentance. And it just simply is going to look like, God, I'm sorry. As K House sings this. We didn't rehearse this, did we? But no. So I just felt like the Lord... I, I just felt the Spirit of the Lord say, this needs to be done in this way. I'm going to have her sing. And some of what she's going to sing, I really felt like she's going to sing some things of restoration, recon reconciliation, and healing over this place. So do me a favor. Let's begin with our posture. Let's just close our eyes. You can, you can stand if you want to stand. You can sit if you want to sit. We have... You know, here's the funny thing about our church. We have concrete floors. We have carpets in the front. Why? Because it's available. Sometimes people just come and they just, they're on their face before the Lord. But this is, I think, what it takes. If we really want to stand out, we have to first step in. And stepping in means we need to repent. God, forgive me. And so I'm just going to pray in general. And if you're willing to do so, just close your eyes and and pray with me. And um, number one, if you're in the room and you're like, I need Jesus. Pat, I hear what you're saying. I need Jesus. 
You're being saved from a dark world to be sent back into a dark world. And you're not being sent back into a dark world in a shroud of secrecy as a secret agent. (laughs) And so I'm saying that to say this. I'm going to ask you to say, yes, I'm seen and I'm known. Would you stand with me this morning? You're just saying, I need Jesus. I need Jesus more than ever. And here's the thing. It doesn't admit that you're, you're not saying I'm a bad person. You're not saying that I should feel guilty about anything. Really what you're saying is, is that I am acknowledging I can't do this on my own. We need Jesus more than ever. If you know Jesus and you're like, man, I've been trying to escape. And that resonates with you. Stand with us. If you're struggling in any way this morning and you just, you know that you've been trying to outperform and overachieve and and do all these things, this morning I'm telling you, that's not it. That's not the answer. Would you stand with us? And I just want to take a moment. This is your moment between you and the Lord. We have a ministry team. What that means is we have a ministry team that would love to pray with you. If you want to engage with someone in prayer, you can come forward while Kehal sings this. You can sit in your seat and you can just pray. And you can just simply say, Lord, forgive me for trying to do it on my own. Forgive me for these things. And just repent. And then I'm going to... I'm going to give you guys a moment to do that, and then I'm going to just pray in general over us. And we'll call it a day. But right now, let's just close our eyes. Let's take a posture.
say this, you can echo what I'm saying if you want. Fully appropriate what I'm saying as your own. But Lord, forgive me for the times that I step in under my own strength. 
the times that I refuse your help, the times that I want to just make it known that I can stand on my own. Forgive me where I do that as a, as a child of God. Forgive me where I do that as a, as a dad. Forgive me where I do that as a husband, where I do that as a, a caretaker, as a pastor, as a leader. That ultimately, Lord, this need for significance is only found in you. Lord, let this, let this just heart of repentance to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Let what comes out of it is revival in the streets as we see revival in our homes. Lord, let us see it. for what we think is dead, Lord Jesus. Show us your face, Lord. Bring light to areas in the dark, Lord Jesus. Would you move in our midst? Would you continue to move in our midst? 